just got to focus on what you can control. Um, you know, like, and I think I've I've shifted in the way I, I process things because now that I'm the leader of the Brumbies, you know, like I can't. I was used to be big and give it to the ref, um, spray him for making a poor decision. Um, but now it's kind of understanding that the ref's not always going to get it right. And, and the other side is it's something that I can't control, you know. So what I can control is my own emotions and um, the way that I lash out. G'day, Alan. How are you? How are you, bro? I'm all good. Thanks, mate. How's things? Yeah, going really well, thanks. How's um, the body going? How's the recovery going? Yeah, it's going well. Um, thanks, mate. It's um, At first, it was tough to process. Um, obviously, World Cup year, um, you know, you you work over a number of years to put yourself in a position to get selected for, um, you know, the World Cup and for that all to, um, you know, go away just a few weeks before selection, um, you know, hurt. But I've had a lot of time to um, to process that. I'm, I'm two months in now. Um, I'm on uh, one of these walking boots. I'm not sure what it's called, but it's, uh, I'm able to get around and um, you know feel feel a little bit normal, which is good. Um, I'm still on my scooter, um, but spending a lot of time with 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 uh, family, which is good, bro. I think that's the blessing in disguise, being able to spend some more time with your family and um, you know the time that you probably wouldn't have gotten. You know, you would have been away in a different country for a, quite a while. Then you come back, and then you only have a short pre, uh, short time away before preseason's knocking on the door. Yeah, that's it, man, and that's what I've really um, kind of put my attention towards. Um, you know, like I think we, I think my wife and I, at the beginning of the of, of the year, kind kind of mapped that out, and if if you did go to the World Cup, you'd only be spending um, a week or so at home in total over the course of three, three or four months, you know. So um, I just had twins who were born in May um, and I've got a little toddler who's two. So um, it's awesome to be able to be at home and, um, you know, to help out my wife, but but just to be involved with my kids, you know. To I missed a lot of my uh, daughters first, um, you know the way she was crawling and and, and walking and stuff because of you away on tour and that. But um, I've I've been at home to um, see the growth of my boys over, over the last couple of months, which has been really good. That's awesome. Are they all future rugby players? Uh yeah. Oh mate, I think uh, well, one of the boys is bigger than the other, which is pretty <laughs> weird because um, they're not identical. But um, yeah, I think naturally, mate, they'd probably end up going down that field. But mate. I want to try and push him in golf. Mm. I will, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at golf, but um, yeah, hopefully one will play golf and the other one maybe rugby. Yeah, golf. And then, Naya, but, and, then, and then my girl can do whatever she wants. Mm. Golf golf is where it's at. There's a lot of money in golf and uh, <laughs> yeah. tra- travel the world quite handsomely and um, mum and dad can just sit back and, and, and relax a bit. Mate, that's the plan. I'd love that if that happens. Yeah, there's no holding the breath of like, oh, that was a big hit, or like, oh, yeah. like that that stuff you get from rugby. Yeah, yeah. Just looking at my mum now, she hates watching now. So mm. I'd probably love my boys getting mm. bashed up a little bit though. So 
No, that's good. Uh, but at least you get to watch your, your brother play for Samoa, um, which they get their, their first game this weekend, which is going to be really exciting. Yeah, mate, that's going to be awesome. Um, you know, he's been named captain of Samoa, co-captain with uh, Bui, which is which is a great honour. Um, yeah, so that's going to be awesome. The first game is tomorrow night against Chile. So they had the, the bye, I think it was, last week. Um, so that's going to be awesome. Like my old man's going to head over there and um, support him. But uh, yeah, mate, I've just been doing the late nights, getting up and watching all the good games. So um, we'll continue that this weekend. Hundred mm, percent. But it's good to see in that Samoan team. There's a few boys who have played in Canberra. You know, there's James Lay who's starting at Loosehead, Christian, and then Nigel Awong as well. They've all played in the Canberra comp and um, been around that Brumby system. And yeah, it's just great to see them on the international stage again. Yeah, it is, man. It is, and I know, like speaking to a few of those boys, like it's really special for them to go back and. <clears throat> And to play for Samoa, like I think that new rule coming in has been awesome, um, you know, for Samoa to have access to experienced players, but also to grow their depth, you know. So they got like guys like Lima Sopuanga there who's, who's, who's played for the All Blacks, um, Char, Char, Charlie Fa-Muina, um, but the, and, and then Christian Lelifano as well. So um, like they've trialled really well over the last few weeks, man. So it's going to be awesome to see those boys have a crack and especially Nigel on the wing as well. Hundred mm, percent. I hope they continue this law and also maybe be a bit less strict on it as well. So, say if you haven't gotten selected in a year or, or you didn't get selected in the main squad, say for the Wallabies, and you're not in that forty-man group, go off and play some international rugby because if not, you might just be playing club or just be training. Yeah, man. Like that'd be huge, eh? Like I think this is a good first step. Um, you know, and like what we're already seeing is, um, you know the. The Pacifica nations, um, you know, stepping up and being way, way more competitive, you know, which, which, which is awesome. So, um, yeah, it'll be good to see where that goes, um, you know, moving forward. Hundred mm, percent. So, what's your current rehab program looking like at the moment for the Achilles? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I've been training down at Brums, um, which is about four days a week, um, and slowly it's just about trying to weight bear, um, keep the calf moving. Um, I'm just trying to build my calf muscle back up because it's all gone. Um, I haven't been able to put any weight on it over in the last month or so. So that's been good to be able to um, slowly get those movements in. But like the way that I've mapped out my, my calendar is like this is the crawling month, you know. So it's just learning how to crawl again with with, with my twin boys pretty much. Um <laughs> So just getting baby baby movements in it, um, you know, trying to get that that uh, blood flow in there consistently throughout the week, and then next month be able to hopefully walk with in shoes, um, and then hopefully the the month after that be able to run, man. So it's yeah, I'm just in the crawling stage, focusing a lot on just the daily process, man, which is uh, which is really good. So when it did happen, did you just feel that sort of snap or it felt like someone stood on the back of you, like most people um, report after they've torn their Achilles? Yeah, I just felt the snap. Like I knew it straight away um, in the scrum. Yeah, I just I just felt it go and I was like, oh, man. Like I knew straight away. Like people say like um, like you can hear it, but I, like I couldn't really hear it. And like maybe because I was in the scrum, um, but yeah, it felt like just a, someone to kick me in the back of the leg. Mm, mm, sucks. And last week, if you do keep up to date with the 
the NFL, um, Aaron, Wod- oh, Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles as well with that drop back step. And you just see the video and it goes, and you're just like, ah, oh, that sucks. Yeah. I, and the funniest thing was, like, I watched, because um, I've got a lot of time on my hands now, I watched Hard Knocks on KO and they were they were on the New York Jets. Mm. So you watch their whole preseason and their build up, and I'm like, far out, man. I'm invested. You know, and you watch the first three minutes of the first game, you're like, what? Yeah. You know, like you feel like I was just part of their camp for the last, um, you know, few weeks watching Hard Knocks and to see that happen, man, it's, well, I definitely know how he feels. Yeah, it's just devastating and all those Jets fans are just, their hearts sank and having to oh, go back yeah. to uh, the other quarterback in Zach Wilson who, you know, hasn't reached his ceiling just yet, but, you know, they're so invested in Aaron Rodgers that, um, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a hard one to swallow for them. Yeah, man, hundred percent. And I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will be working in his corner to help him out. Mm. I really do enjoy the hard knocks, and I did enjoy when the Brumbies did it as well. Like ages ago, they were doing some yeah. filming and stuff like that. I thought it was really cool just to see, you know, preseason, see behind the scenes, and and see more of the players as well. Which it feels like in Australian rugby, we don't see enough of you guys. It's like we see bits and pieces on social media, and we see you out there playing, but. <laughs> getting to see a bit more training and behind the scenes. I think that would be um, re- really cool if they could do something like that. Yeah, it'd be good if they bring that back up. Um, you know, Stan uh, is, is actually doing one with the Wallabies, but it's more the build-up into the World Cup. So they were with us throughout the whole rugby championship. So they're like, it's good to give the public that access into the inner sanctum, um, mm. you know, and seeing what the meetings are like and pretty much the everyday life of a professional rugby player, you know, so... I guess I reckon that's awesome access, you know, to 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 give to our fans. Um, and yeah, hopefully, mate, we can we can do something like that with the Brums, you know, so we can so we can continue to um, like promote the game, you know. Hundred mm, percent. So, <clears throat> how do you bounce back from an injury like this, and how have you bounced back from your other injuries as well? Because it's it's such a hard thing to come back from, you know. So, how are you planning to bounce back from it? But what um, other experiences have you had bouncing back from injury? Um, yeah, bro, like that's a good question, eh? And um, something that I sat with pretty much the whole first month, um, like I just mapped out what it's going to look like. Um, and there's the longer picture on the return. Um, like it could be anywhere between eight to nine months to ten months. Um, so you so you put that on 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 the calendar and I have it on the wall and then you work back from that pretty much and and I'm just pretty much at the stage when I just said before like I've I themed each month really around the crawling stage into the walking stage into the running stage contact scrums play you know and what that does for me is just it just brings my attention straight back to the daily process. You know, like I have the vision of where I want to be and um, the player I want to be when I come back and the leader that I want to be when I come back. But I have to bring that back into, well, what's my what's my little objectives in the daily process? Um, you know, so I'm constantly, every Sunday, I'm just mapping out my week and getting a good understanding of what that looks like from a rehab point of view, from being a father point of view. Um and trying to get that balance right between my rehab and my family, I'm, I'm almost prioritizing my family now because I don't, I've never been given that opportunity. And then slowly, as the the rehab starts to dial up, 
I'll be able to run. I'll be spending more time back in that HQ. So then, um, but I've I've spent a lot of time, a lot of quality time at home with the family in the past. So I think to answer that, it'll just be to understand your vision, but also then to bring that back and and to have daily goals, you know, and to focus on the present. And you know, there's always times where your mindset's gonna shift far out, man. Like I nailed that today, but I'm still eight months away. And like that's normal, mm. you know, but it's also it's always it's always good for myself just to bring myself back to the moment and then target the next day, you know, and then work off that week. How did I go in the gym? What's my movement like? And then you try and increase it just a little bit, you know, the following week. And you just keep building those baby steps, you know, and soon you'll be out there playing at some stage next year and you'll be like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm confident as you know. So um, that that's how I, I would get through this. I haven't had um, a long-term injury like this before. Like I've, I've had soft tissue injuries. Um, and to be fair, like a lot of them, man, I've, I've come back early, you know? So um, <clears throat> it's just my mindset of trying to attack the rehab, you know, and it's, I'll do anything I can to be to to get back on the field ASAP, but I also don't want to be a liability. So I want to make sure that in the rehab process, I'm getting stronger, I'm getting better as a player. So then when I come back, I'm I'm as good as what I was when I left, but also I can increase that a little bit and 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 try and be better. Hundred mm, percent. I think you know that's that sort of silver lining is you've seen you know a fellow teammate go through the same process that you're going through now with Nella. And he's come back from an Achilles injuries and now playing for the Wallabies, even though he just hurt his hamstring just recently, which sucks. But, you know, he is back playing at that level and and with with uh, is able to withstand those forces in a scrum, which is going to be sort of the biggest test for you is, is getting back in the scrum. But um, that that Achilles and that uh, big leg of his is, is looking pretty good. Yeah, and I, I was with him um, when he was first coming back. So he was able to run, he was able to do contact, but he hadn't scrummed yet. Yeah, so I was, and I was in the, those sessions where his first sessions were back. You know, you could see it, like the the nerves that he had. Um, but the boys really got around him, you know, supported him. And then, mate, once he got through the first few of training, mate, he was he was just like he was when he left, mate. Just bloody bulldozing everyone, and came on against. Oh, he would played against Georgia, and bloody one of the best performances we've seen. You know, so. Mm. Like, um, yeah, he's huge. As you said, mate, it's unfortunate he's, he's, he's done his hammy, but um, hopefully the boys can do a job. So when he's back, mate, he's, um, he comes back fresh and can bring the cup home, you know? Mm, 100%. So what advice do you have for athletes out there when they are injured and visiting that dark place um, from injury? Well, I can only just comment on myself. And it'd be just to, it'd be just to have a plan um, based on your vision, you know. So it's like, how how do you want to come back as an athlete, um, as a as a person? Um, you know, you have that long term vision, and you got to break it down into what does it look like on a daily basis. You know, so um, like, what's your little goal to ultimately achieve your your vision? You know, so that's what I'd say is to focus on just your daily objectives. Like, it's a long road. But it's a long road if you keep focusing on the outcome, you know. If you just want to – if you got to fully invest into your process and into your daily habits, um, then I think that's probably um, time time worth spent, you know. So I think it's 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 definitely having a plan around 
around that, but it's it's all it's also just going off your long term vision on 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 where you want to be when you come back. Hundred mm, percent, and I think you also got to keep in mind that you know if you don't do this work and don't have a vision, it's going to take longer. So why not invest in um, creating that plan and getting the help and assistance that you need and do the work because then you'll come back in a good time and not extend that um, recovery period any longer than it needs to be. Exactly, mate. You know, and like sometimes you can dwell on it for a while um, and be gutted that you're injured, um, but then you're not going anywhere, you know. So, like, I, it, it it took me, um, you know, a few weeks to get a good understanding of, of of the injury and but then also, but also to look forward. And it was almost like a breath of fresh air, you know, when when I did that, um, you know, and to start to, to plan out what the next, <clears throat> you know, few few months looks like for me and then plan out the weeks and then plan out the day. So, um, yeah, man, I'd, I'd fully just invest everything into the process. Mm, 100%. So now moving on to a more positive uh, topic there, but it was a great insight. What key attributes are needed to be a successful tight head in rugby union? Oh, um, man, I'd say, um, you know, physique will be a big one um, in terms of, Building your neck strength, um, your shoulders, um, your back, your your hip mobility. Um, you know, without pumping myself up too much, you know. <laughs> um, and, and that that's all just building a foundation for you to be safe. You know, in 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 a scrum. Um, you know, when when your neck is strong, your upper body is strong, your core is strong. Um, you know, it, it will protect you in the scrum, you know, and I think to be a dominant player, like you've got to have a strong mindset um, because I think, yeah, props is, and it's definitely a hard position on the field. Like you're front and centre at a, at a scrum, um, front and centre, the more, um, you know, and then you're playing a confrontational game, um, you know, where you just love the physicality, you just love the contact. Um, you know, and what what we're seeing at the moment is like some where where the game's shifting. Is you got props now who, like Big Nell, Born If I'm More Silly, who can um, have who who have the footwork like outside backs, you know, and have has has the speed as the same as some back rowers did, you know, but also also able to push in the scrum. So um, yeah, I think in able to do all that though, you have got to have a strong mindset. Like you, like you got to be able to switch it on and put yourself in a dark place to go into a scrum. It's like doing a max squat every time, you know. And if you some games you might pack around twelve scrums or fifteen scrums. Some some games you might only play three or four if you're lucky. Um, so I think you got to have a strong mindset, um, but also a big build as well. Hundred mm, percent. Can you talk us through your your process and your setup for scrummaging? Um. Yeah, so it's um, it's it's stayed the same over the last few years. I'll just kind of critique it a little bit, <clears throat> um, but I'll I'll come in. So the hooker was set up first. Um, I'll work to get my bind around his back. Um, I'll bring my shoulder out. I'll plant my left foot into the ground. Um, I'll get my locks in, and then I'll and then I'll shift my right foot in a comfortable position, but it's not in a position where I don't, it doesn't have to travel too far back when I take my bind. Um, and then 
I'll tuck my I'll, I'll tuck my head into my right shoulder and then on on the crouch I'm just looking at the loose head and also the hook I'm just looking at their connection and trying to get a good understanding of where I want to put my head but also that comes from the analysis that we've done throughout the week um, and then on the bind as a tight end like you 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 try and bind low and something that I need to be consistent at and that you're just working your daily habits is trying to work that bind low straight from the bind. Um, and then you bring your foot back and you're just looking for a little short punch hit, you know, as you want to um, land in a shape where you're transferring weight straight away, you know. So the more the more foot movement you have, the, um, <clears throat> the more pressure releases that you have, you know. So you want to have minimal foot movement. So you want to land as quickly as you can straight into shape so you transfer all the weight from the back five, you know. So... Um, yeah, that's a process that you just end up just tapping into when you're doing it every day. Um, and then you make little shifts according to what the picture presents, depending on what you see throughout your analysis. So, um, yeah, there's a bit of detail that goes into that in the front row union, um, you know, the conversations that we have over a couple of pies or something. Um, but it's uh, it's good, though. It's good because it's um, it's a, such an important part of the game, you know, so... Yeah, it's such a great um, insight there, Alan. Thanks. And it must be quite frustrating at times when you don't get the call your way in a in a scrum penalty. You know, you think, "All right, come on, sir. He was doing it, not me." So, how do you sort of deal with that, those emotions when you know clearly it was the the opposition who you know caused the penalty and not you? Yeah, I think um, you just got to focus on what you can control. Um, you know, like. And I think I've I've shifted in the way I, I process things because now that I'm the leader of the Brumbies, you know, like I can't – I always used to be big and give it to the ref, um, spray him for making a poor decision. Um, but now it's kind of understanding that the ref's not always going to get it right. And, and the other side is it's something that I can't control, you know. So what I can control is my own emotions and – um, the way that I lash out. Um, and saying that though, like the refs just want to get on with the game. Like there's a high chance that he, if the scrum went to deck, the, the ref wouldn't know who's at fault, you know, and there's more than 60% of the time the, the free kick or the penalty would go to the attacking team. So again, those are things that um, we talk about throughout the week and we get a good understanding of the ref and um, <clears throat> the way that he refs the scrum. Um, which also, which then comes back to our process, you know, understanding if the scrum was to go to deck and we're in the we're on the defence, then there's eighty percent chance that we're probably going to get penalised. So we want to paint a perfect picture, you know, you, you know, just to give you an example. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, like the ref's going to make a call, you know. So mm. we can't dwell on it for too long. We're just going to make a make 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 an immediate change and then um, adapt straight away. Hundred mm, percent. Who has been some of the hardest people to scrummage against? And, yeah, who who comes to mind straight off the bat? Um, I have to say, Kane, Kane Haynes was a, was, was a good one. He used to play for um, the All Blacks and the Highlanders and Chiefs, I think it was. Um, <clears throat> But all because just because he was like just that build of a of of a loose head proper, you could tell he just loves scrummaging. Uh, 
also him and him and him and Joe Moody. Um, you know, the experience Lucid Prof from Crusaders and All Blacks, like he, he was tough as well. Um but yeah, like there's been a like international footy mate is just always competitive. You know, you always gotta be on your A game, you gotta try and shift um the way you do things, you gotta have a few tricks up your sleeve, you know, so you're not painting the same picture because people especially experienced props, they, they, they figure you out straight away. You know, not over a course of a number of games, over the course of just one scrum. You know, so like, oh, I felt this, I'll be able to shift and, and, and do this, you know. So <clears throat> you gotta be able to adapt and as I said, um yeah, just try different things on the run, you know. So hmm. I thought you're gonna shout out your your good friend uh good friend Scotty Co saying saying he was the hardest one to scrummage against. <laughs> he was too though. I remember when I first came at Brunk, man, he is, he bloody put me in the air a thousand times. Like <laughs> I was like, right, just kick back a bit, you know? Mm. But um yeah, Scotty, yeah, like Scotty for sure. Like he's he told me a lot about me playing tight end from dishing me up at training pretty much. You know, and then <laughs> saying, Well, yeah, I feel I feel I feel you do this, so I just did this. So I was like you try it again next time and if it works, it does, but then he's he's able to shift and change, you know. So um yeah, he's solid as well, big, big, big Scotty. Mm, I think that's the cool thing about Brumbies rugby is you've had so many great props over the years. So it's been a great opportunity for both loose heads and tight heads to learn more about each other and challenge each other. You know, iron shapes iron, and then go out there on the field and then also into the into in, international arena and, and do your job there. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and that's where I first came in as a sponge. You know, we had like. Rory Murphy, we had we had Ben Alexander, um, and Scotty. We had the Smith twins, <clears throat> and that's what like that's when my experience came in. Like just watching them go at it, like there was no gentleman's agreement because boys are just trying to dish up each other. If you're a regular starter, you get pumped because the other boys want to. Uh, the, the, the other boys have a point to prove, you know. So, um, I I thought that definitely helped my growth, but um. That's and that's also the reason to why I wanted to stay at Brums because I knew that I was always going to grow and get better as a player. You know, you had Dan Palmer, who was uh, one of the best scrummagers in the game, but also now he's one of the best coaches at, um, you know, who who coached the set piece, you know, the scrum. So it's awesome to have him, and um, I've just been tapping into his brains as the whole ten years I've been at the Brums. Mm, no, nah, it's awesome. So a big part of your game is your effort and ability in defense. Um, so you, you're you're a rock solid defender. I don't want to blow you blow your boat up too much, but you are, and you give the opposition um, nothing, which is which is just fantastic to see. So what makes a good defender in rugby, and how have you sort of become such a great defender as well? Um, yeah, to, mate, to, like to be honest, like just a lot of practice. Um, you know, like. like we pride ourselves at the Brums around our attention to detail, you know, and guys like Laurie Fisher, he just drove that home, you know, for the whole period that I was at Brums. Um, and that, to that extent, where it'd be stepping into contact, um, you know, where, where you're looking with your eyes, hand, hands and eyes to target, um, the way you get off the line square, um, tracking on the inside hip. And those are all just the little things that we do on, on, on the daily basis, you know, over, over a number of years. Um, <clears throat> and then you get to the stage where you transfer that at training to um, 
you know, being able to pick up on little cues. You know, so I know that he's going to carry if I see him tuck. Um, you know, like just 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 depending on what 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 you see. Um, you know, you're able to pick up those cues. So then, so then you're able to deliver a like a massive shot or in that post, um, that post contact leg drive. You know, so um, <clears throat> yeah, I think a, a lot of it came down to w- w- working with Lordy, um, but also Babich who was our wrestle coach, um, and then the other side of it, which is just loving to smack people, bro. You know, like it's just like you just want to be in there. You you, you just want to be in the line. You want to set the tone for the group. Um, you know, you, you kind of almost want to pave the way for the boys, you know. And yeah, I pride myself on 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 the fence because it's an opportunity to add that physicality. You know, like a, a tighter prop. Like your job is to to love that confrontation. You know, to get stuck in. So um, yeah, I think just loving the contact is probably the main part of it as well. Mm. This next one is just a fan question. What's it like tackling? Hardy Sevilla to then tackling like a Will Skelton, you know, two different spectrums of, you know, one's 140 kilos and the other one's, you know, maybe 105 kilos or something. What's it like tackling uh, both of them? Yeah, well, you you were saying Hardy Sevilla is about 105, but, mate, he's, he's, his leg drives is mm. like he's 160 kilos. You know, he's a bloody powerful bloke. Um, but, yeah, like both of them, I would just look to stop their momentum. Like, <clears throat> like um, I'm, not a, I'm not a good... Chopper like um, James Sipper, he's probably one of the best I've seen. He can he can just chop boys straight away. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but I like to stop their momentum by just hitting them up top, um, you know. And, and then you're looking for a double up from from someone in, inside or outside. But but they're both hard, um, you know for sure. Like especially Artie, like he just feels like he just doesn't stop. Mm. Um, you know, he'll do one carry and then he'd reload and, and just go again. You know. And like obviously, like big Will and big Nell, like I think you're gonna need at least two on them, you know. So, mm. um, but yeah, I won't be going low. Otherwise, you just straight <laughs> boom. See you later. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you would be doing the old momentum trick. You'd be going with them. So once they you fall yeah. back, they're falling with you. Not the trying to hit and stick and drive them back because that's probably a battle you might not win sometimes. Yeah, for sure, man. And if that's probably the only way to bring them down, especially when they're fresh and sweet, you know, you mm. just use their momentum. And then when they're a little bit more fatigued, that's when you can probably go at them. But um, yeah, bro, like big, like big wheelies got legs of tree trunks. My says, I'm just sticking up to up up top, just trying to eat him. Mm, nah, it's, it's really cool. So moving on to leadership, what makes a good leader in your eyes? Oof, um. I think like understanding your true self, you know, so like your like your values. So like what do you value in life? And um I would say to 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 lead through that, you know, and to not change who you are as a person. Um I think to, to make a good leader, like you you have to be leading through your actions. Um, leading through your communication um, around the team or around your business, um, but also you you are helping to inspire others to be their best self. You know, which comes down to your connection with the group, your connection with the players, um, which takes time. You know, like you got to invest 
your time into getting to know the individual off the field, you know, so um, you're able to help inspire them to bring out their best on the field, you know. So, um, like, that's what I was saying. I think for me, a lot of it comes down to, yeah, just connection. Um, like I said before, I just I pride myself on just like getting to know the individual on a personal level um, to understand why they play the game. And then get to the point where, like, I end up, I want to play for his family or for, for his wife, you know, knowing that he wants to play for my wife, you know, and that's a, another level of connection. Like, that's, if you get that, then, mate, like, you'd be, you'd work your ass off for each other, hmm. you know, and then I'm able to hold him accountable and, and know that he won't hold anything against me because of the relationship that we have, you know, so... Um, but yeah, um, my, 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 my leadership has kind of evolved. Like it's, I always was someone that just wanted to lead through action and, um, you know, like set the tone for the group, but then being named captain, it comes with all these other, um, jobs around the team, something that I wasn't quite used to around talking in front of the group, um, talking to those in higher authority. And this all just came back because of my Samoan culture, you know? So those were individual barriers that um, I had to go through and get an understanding of um, the culture of being at work and what's required for the team from me as a captain, but then also respecting my culture when I walk back in the doors of my house, you know? So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, but it's a on ongoing um growth for me and something that I'm, I'm, I want to keep del- delving into and, and, and continue to get better at. Mm. I feel like the Brumbies have helped, you know, put a system in place which allows you to be really good teammates on and off the field and embrace all the different cultures as well. Like you see on the Instagram and stuff, you guys have the, the, the Polynesian Day where you get around each other and celebrate all the different cultures and foods, which is really cool to see, which is allows you to be you at, at work which is really cool to see and I think the Brumbies um, have done a really good job of that yeah I mean that was I remember the um, Christian first brought that in and, and the team brought, brought that in in the uh, beginning of 2019 which was which is special which is to give boys an understanding of the culture and um, how it works for the for the Pacifica community um, but also the way that that was accepted by the Brumbies is, is special as well you know, so um, yeah, I thought that was really good. And as you said, like it's like we've had some great leaders at our team um, that I've learned off so much. Like Ben Ben Mowen was my first captain. Him and Squeak, um, David Pocock n- n- never really had the title, but just just led around the group the way that he talked, he the, the way that he held standards, the way that he carried himself, um, and the one that stood out the most probably. Christian Lilly Funnel, you know, so he was um, a huge inspiration into my growth as a player. Um, and then when I was slowly in the leadership group, I was like, what? Slowly spoke, I just I just spoke to him and got a lot of feedback and advice from him. And then, um, yeah, he was the first point of call when um, Dan asked me to be the Brums captain. I said I had to think about it. And when I meant think about it, I had to call Christian and ask him if it was something that uh, I could do, you know. Just had to quickly call dad and just get the permission. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, bro, 
what do you reckon, man? Should I do it or? <laughs> no, that's awesome. And how, how great is it to see no, Ben but That's Long. a connection that we have, though, you know. So he's, mm. he's, um, he's special. And he always keeps tabs now. He's over playing the World Cup in Samoa and he's, he's always checking in, man. He's got a big heart, Christian. Mm. And definitely left a great legacy behind that Browns. Mm. I hope when the day does come when he has to retire, like, you know, in the NFL, how they come back and sign a one-day contract, I think that would be pretty special if he could just come back and retire as a Brumby. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, man. Like, that would be special for him. And I know that we'd, we'd be open to doing that mm. for sure. But it's cool to see Ben Moen uh, signing on as an assistant coach and coming back to to the Brums. It's it's going to great be great just to have a, a Brumbies great come back and um, share some knowledge and, and help the team go forward. Yeah, man, like that's huge. I I've been down there and he's started coaching now, and it's been awesome to see him. Um, you know, back in camera probably made me feel a little bit old, you know, because he was <laughs> my first captain. Now he's coach. Yeah. Um, but mate, he's uh, mate, he's awesome. You know, and like when you when you're being coached by a past Brumby, you know, and they talk about the Brumby's culture and like, this is where we need to go. And this is the standard of being a Brumby. The boys, it hits home, you know, like it hits different when it's coming from a past player and a past captain mm. and someone who's done the Jersey um, proud, you know, and he's, um, he's done so much for the organization. So um, mate, he's, he's got a lot of respect from the group and um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to, to, to learning from him, you know, and just working together. Hi, everyone. We just want to take a quick break from this episode. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far and all the content we have produced. We appreciate all the support from our listeners and followers so far. If you haven't already, sign up to Elite Rugby SNC blog today. You'll find our website link in our bio below. Remember to like, subscribe, and share Elite Rugby SNC on all social media platforms to all your family and friends. Thanks again for all your support, and now back to the episode. How do you continue to develop your leadership skills as a captain? Is there some things you do outside of rugby, like you read certain books or watch certain, um, you know, videos or podcasts about about leadership or, or anything like that? Well, all of those, um, you know, like I'm I'm continuing to to just to try and find growth, um, you know. So listen to listen to some podcasts of of. Um, past past leaders um you know but also um like i'm reading books at the moment so i'm reading the atomic habits um which has been a great, great reminder just around my own daily habits and how i could um, shift my attention to the the focus of now um but also i work with um um a coach who helps me my leadership um, and, and, and and we talk every, every Sunday um, and just uh, it'll be like a review of the week that was um, and then the objective of moving forward and he, we talk about everything it could be about culture it could be about um, a few issues going around in the group um, it also can be about my own mental state so like at, as as a captain of Brown like the biggest challenge is to stay mentally composed, you know, when I'm, I'm a tight prop who loves being in the red. So like, um, I love being in the red, which is like, you're physically dominating. Um, you're in the, you're in the face of the opposition, but then you've got to come back into the blue, into the calm mind where you give a calm message to the group in, in a huddle, you know? So, um, that's a work in progress for me because sometimes the red can carry on into the huddle. You come in, you just start swearing. You're like, bah. 
but that's not what the group needs, you know. So you've got to have that balance within the game and that comes through practice, comes through understanding it first, um, you know, which is the help that I get from, you know, my my leadership coach as well. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, man, I'm always looking for growth and just trying to get better. Um, but I think, yeah, once, once I think I'm a good leader, then I won't be doing the team justice. So. Mm. so what does it mean to captain the Brumbies and also, you know, captain the Wallabies as well? Oh, man, it's huge. I think as a individual, it's probably the greatest honour. Um, you know, one, to be able to captain the Brumbies um, over the past, few years and then to get the opportunity to captain your country I mean that's that's massive you know and and I think it being in the in the moment like yeah, I, I never really think about it from that perspective and I probably think about it more when it when I'm finished you know the way that my family thinks of it or mm. um, you know and I, um, but where my head's at is like you want to take your team to success you know so as an individual it's a, it's a great honour to captain the Brahms and, and the Wallabies but for me uh, like my job is to is to win is to help the team win you know and and and, and to succeed you know is to grow every day you know so um, <clears throat> I looked at, at my past and uh, I haven't done that yet you know so it's um, yes, it's a great honour, but it's I haven't I haven't achieved the team goal yet, you know, and um, that's where my head's at at the moment, and um, it's just to do what I can for the team to help bring success into our franchise or or back into the Wallabies, you know, mm. because that's that's all I want, you know, and like that's why I play the game um, is to. Yeah, man, is to is, is to bring life back into rugby here in Australia. Mm. You know, so um, <clears throat> if I can play a small part in that, man, that's 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 huge. But um, yeah, so to answer your question, right, it's uh, yeah, mate, it's an honour for sure. Um, mm. But uh, but yeah, I've got I've got a bigger vision there and a bigger goal to achieve with the team. Mm. It's definitely exciting times for for the Wallabies and and the Brumbies, even though. You know, results haven't gone our way for for the Wallabies. We still have so much young talent in that squad, and you know, it just shows you that there's, there's so much coming through the ranks. And um, so Super Rugby, we're definitely getting better across the board of all teams. It's just you know, it's hard to get on the Brumbies level sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think probably not. Not no one saw the selection of the World Cup. You know the the. The way that it was, but um, we've got a lot of talent there, and, and and a lot of young talent who are going to gain a lot of experience from, um, you know, the last few games in the rugby championship, but also in this World Cup, man. And, um, I thought it was a great way to kick off the World Cup against Georgia, and in the manner and the way that we won, which was awesome. So huge game against VD, man, which is it's going to tick all the boxes, bro. About mm. about um, level of play, are the boys up to it? About pressure. Um, you know, seeing how the boys go under pressure. Um, so this is going to be massive, man. Which is, I'm keen as to watch. I can't wait. You know, and I'm I'm backing the boys all the way. But it's, uh, 
it's going to be massive, man. And as, as the the Brahms, you know, we've we've fallen short, um, you know, in the semi final for the last two years and and uh, twenty nineteen as well, you know. So, um, looking at the program and looking at the culture and um, the group, I mean, you're just trying to find ways on how you can go one better, man. Mm. No, success will definitely come for the Brumbies again soon. It's just a matter of time and. <laughs> You got such a good group down there and good co coach coaches as well, which it's going to be exciting to see how the next uh, few seasons play out. Yeah, man, I can't wait. So, how has strength and conditioning training helped you to become a better rugby athlete? Oh, man, it's it's pretty much the base of the game. Like, it's if I'm if I'm not fit, I won't be able to do my job. You know, so I won't be able to push hard in the scrum. I won't be able to go for repeat efforts in defence. I won't be able to get off the ground as quick as I can from attack or defence. Yeah, so I won't be able to do my job. You know, and that's the base of everything is your SNC is the way that you train in the gym, your your strength training, um, your speed or agility training, depending on what position you play. But also um, you know, fitness. You know, you, you like like you gotta be able to do repeat max efforts in the game, you know, which which comes down to your core fitness. So I think it's um mate, it's huge. You know, and without learning those without having that discipline, um, and learning, you know, what being fit does for my game, then I wouldn't know where I'd be, mate. You know, so um mate, it's huge. Have you always had a, a positive relationship with strength conditioning training or was it something you had to work on and understand before you started seeing, you know, the positives to it? Um, I had this like thought, I remember back, um, I started at Newington College in, in year nine um, and I was I was a big kid. You know, like I, I didn't like working hard because it was too hard because it was just too big, you know. Um, and my... The coach at the time, first fifteen coach. I wasn't in the first fifteen year nine, but he brought me in and said, "Well, I'm going to work you hard, you know. So you're going to come in at seven a.m. before school, do running with me. You're going to do boxing at lunchtime, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then you're going to go and train with the boys on Tuesday and Thursday with the first fifteen. And I wasn't like I was in sixteen. I was in the under sixteen at that time, you know. Um, and that was a grind, bro. Like I, like I, I hated it. You know, like I didn't want, I didn't want to do it. But that's just what I was used to, you know. And then when I started playing on the weekends after that whole period of getting pumped, I started to enjoy my footy because I was fitter, um, and I started to play better. Um, and that, that's when, after seeing the results of what I was doing, it became like an addiction. And I was like, wow, you know, like imagine if I did more of this, you know, then I'd feel way fitter, mm. you know. So I remember I walked in the door of Newington. I think I ran like uh, a, f- a five in in the beep test. And I thought that was good, man. That was one of my PBs, you know. And then like I've, after all that training and um, learning how to train by myself, like I ended up running like an 11, you know, when it came to um, – Year, year 11 you know but that for me is where the discipline started was was at that school you know that's where the habits kicked in for me you know so when I finished school 
and I didn't have access to the program. Um, I was disciplined enough to go down to the field and just to do my own running, you know, but that habit came from pretty much being forced to in a prefer in, in a schooling environment, you know, who um <clears throat> yeah, pride themselves on their rugby you, you, you would say at, at um over at Newington. So um yeah, like my first relationship I was just cruising through, man. Like I'm I just love rugby because my old man played. I love watching it. Was I got it at night because I was unfit. And then it, it grew to loving the game because I was fitter. You know, and my relationship with the SNC became better because I or I wanted to know more, you know. I wanted to do more, you know. So yeah, I think I'm really grateful, man, that I went to that school and I learned those learned to be disciplined. I learned those those habits, you know, because definitely it's you know, when, when you train by yourself in the dark, you know, I'm a true believer that it um it comes out on, on, on the weekends, you know. So when you have that discipline to be able to train by yourself, it's it's massive, man. Mm, yeah, I think it's huge, and I think that's the core of my. That's um, a big part of, you know, the longevity in my career. I think a lot of people can resonate with that story because you know strength conditioning isn't the the most fun thing to do at the start, and you probably just don't understand. Like, well, I don't want to do it; I just want to play footy. But then you understand, okay, if I do this, then I can play footy at a higher level. I'm fitter. I can last longer. I can, you know, withstand injuries. And then once you understand that, you're like. Yeah, this SNC thing's not too bad. Then I'll I'll keep doing it, and then you just progress through it, and then you can really start seeing the results later on. Yeah, man, and that's what happened for me. You know, like I had to like, once I saw it by being involved in playing. Once I saw myself, once I felt that I was fitter, you know, I started to have way more fun. I started to get involved. I wanted to ask. I was asking for the ball. I was making good carries. I was making good shots. Um, and that's when I was like. I started and uh, started to invest more time into the SNC, into myself, into fitness. Um, you know, so yeah, mate, it was, it, it's it, it's huge. Hundred mm, percent. So you and the Brums had a great season in Super Rugby, even though you did fall short in the end. It was still a really good season to see uh, under a new coach, or not really, really new, but um, Steve Larkin come back and, and take over from Dan. So. What were the key takeaways from the season and what are you looking to um, improve for next season as well? Um, yeah, I think like, as you mentioned, like it was, it, it, it was a good year, but um, like we're constantly thinking on how, how we can go better because twice now we've finished, we fell short in the, um, in the semifinal, you know? So <clears throat> like the key takeaways is that um, like we've got a good, like, like last year was a big change with um, Bernie coming in, but it was it was a good change, you know. So in terms of the um, the way that we're playing, like we were successful last year throughout the year, uh, playing good footy, um, went to the finals or to the semi-final. Um, so that was a positive. And the one thing taking forward into this into this year now is that it's not much of a big change now. You know, boys kind of know and expect. What's what's happening? Whereas last year was like, like I'm not too sure what's what's coming. I'm not too sure what Stephen Larkin's like as a coach, as a, as a bloke, as a man. No, so um, I think that's a huge positive, man. You know, moving forward, and there's a lot of time over this block for some of us experienced players now who who, who are back. Like 
there's not many of our blokes who got picked in the Wallabies. Um, so you've got a lot of our experienced blokes back at Brums, mixing in with the younger lads, um, which is just building the foundation of our whole our whole organisation, our, our whole culture as a playing group, you know, which is something that we never, we hardly got in the past because you'd almost have nine or ten blokes over at the Wallabies, you know. So um, I think that's going to be great for our group, man. It's, um, it's going to be even better when the boys who are over at World Cup just add their experience early next year. Mm, and there's a lot of good young talent as well at the Brumbies. And it was sort of one of those things, you know, this season as being a fan as myself was just like, well, how, how are these certain players going to go? And they stood up and, and killed it, you know, like Corey Tool is a really good example at that. And then, you know, Tom Hooper coming back from injury to, um, you know, really shine in, in the back end of the season. And, you know, you just got fringe players as well who are knocking on the door and are going to make the most of this downtime that they got right now and, and, and smash the preseason and, you know, put their hand up for selection next year. Yeah, man. And that's like the credit to them as, as, as individuals, you know, like you just mentioned two of their hoops is always going to be a, a gun from the way that we saw him play the year before, but unfortunately got injured, um, you know, had a huge preseason and then got injured in the, in the last preseason game, which was unfortunate, but, um, seeing him and the way that he returned and um, the quality that he added into the four pack, like it was no surprise that he was a bolter for Wallabies. Um, but he also another bolter was Blake Blake Shop, um, um, who no one really knew his name um, before round one against the Tars, um, you know. But being involved with him over over the January period, I was like, geez, this 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 bloke's gonna be good, man. Like, he, he was just hungry for knowledge. He was hungry for work. You know, someone who wanted to keep getting better in the gym, more so on the field. Um, and that's like, that just shows you, you know, where where that mindset can take you. Someone um, <clears throat> who just has that growth growth mindset. You know, and now the biggest challenge for all those bolters that we had at the Brahmas is to is to back it up. You know, because mm. that's the difference between some players and 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 the rest is being able to finding ways to get better, you know, and to never be comfortable with where you're at, you know. So um, that's our job as leaders as well, is to is to help, the, help them out if they're not already helping themselves in, in that area, man. But like those three guys are going to be huge for us next year because of the experience that they had this year. Mm, 100%. When you do play some small-sided games and stuff and you see – you know, yourself out in the wing because you want to score some tries, not because you're trying to catch your breath back and you're, you're lining up against Corey Tool. What's your uh, plan right there? Do you know, you do you rush him? Do you try and give him a little space and push him out to the sideline or what? Oh, if I'm defending? Yeah. Obviously, it's I mean, a different I've, story if you're attacking. I think he's he's just licking his lips if you see me in front of him, <laughs> mate. He, he'll burn me in the space of two metres. So, um. Yeah, man, I'd probably just be holding off for help and just waiting for the help to come and then trying to take his space away and then I might have to do something illegal to stop him. <laughs> yeah. On a close line or something. No, that's funny. Yes. But yeah, I'll be like, I'll be, I'll be yelling out for help straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's it like um, having Eddie Jones as the Wallabies coach? You know, you've had some time and, and experience now to be part of the Wallabies camp and, and get to know him as a person because, you know, everyone's going to have their opinion on how Eddie coaches and his philosophy and what he does and what he doesn't do. And currently right now I'm reading uh, his book and, you know, 
me myself i've had some mixed reviews with eddie but understanding the philosophy behind the book and all the stuff he's done with england in the past i'm, I'm really starting to turn it around and, and, and really give him a genuine go because i can really see the process and the pathway he's trying to create so what's it like yeah yeah having uh, eddie jones as your coach i think it's been really good like it's been really good for us um you know, so well, he's he's trying to bring in, he's trying to help boys build better habits, you know, winning habits. Um, and it was it was tough to take at start because, um, you know, because he was so honest, you know, especially after the first two test matches. Um, <clears throat> but overall, it's like we've built poor habits from losing consistently over the years. You know, and like it's kind of just been the norm, you know. So what the boys are going through now is is building better habits and what the new norm will look like, you know, and experiencing that, you know. So it's changing the way that we play. It's changing the way that we train, um, that we lift in the gym, um, little things around the team environment and physio appointments and, everything that he's brought in. And I think like the first thing when you try and change something is, is push back, you know, like you're going to get players being like, well, that hasn't worked for us in the past, but it's, how do you know it hasn't worked, you know, because we haven't tried it, you know, and you've got to trust him because he's, because of his winning record, you know, and his experience, you know, so um, I loved it. I, lo I loved hearing, um, you know, what he had to say and the honesty that he gave because I'm I'm there to get better, you know, and I'm I'm I always want to improve my game, you know, and to hear that feedback from him, yeah, it was hard to take. Um, but then you're like, yeah, man, I love that. Now mm. I can, now I'll focus on that, you know, like that's that's where I'm gonna, that's where I'm gonna go, you know, like that's how I'm gonna grow. And, um, yeah, I'm, you know, devastated. Like it, my time this year with him fell fell short because I just wanted to keep being coached by him and understand him a bit more and um, his coaching philosophy. But um, <clears throat> I was in there when he, when he was, when he shifted everything in the training habits that we had. Um, and that's something for me to take forward, you know? So um, I think it's great for um, our team and our, our future. And I know that the game is based around outcome, um, but as a player who's been in that environment with him, I can see where we're going you know, and I can see the success that's coming, you know, so, um, but time will tell on that. Mm. And it's just, as a fan, we, we just got to remember that it takes time to change and it takes time for these habits to, you know, be put in place and become rituals, you know, and we just have to be patient that the results are going to come. And, you know, we've seen some really good you know, highlights during the game that we can perform um, and, you know, that we can put all these things together. And when it does click, it's going to be really exciting rugby. It's just change doesn't happen like that. It's not instant. It's going to take some time and, you know, it's going to take these younger players time to progress and, you know, improve their performance. But when it does happen, um, it's it's going to be really exciting because we're not far away, you know. Even last year, like we were talking of Caden Neville, um, a month ago on that um, end of season tour last year, we weren't far off it, you know, from beating Ireland, beating France, um, you know, and they they were playing some really great rugby at the time and still are. So we're not that far away. It's just we need to fix a couple of little things, as, as you alluded to, and change a couple of things. And 
once it clicks, it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, man. And that's the exciting part, bro. It's like, <clears throat> so we, we, we knew how close we were into the top two nations. Well, they, they, they were top two last year. Um, you know, but also coming in and understanding that these, these, these habits will help us be successful. You know, like that's going to be the biggest takeaway for us. So, yeah, I know like now, like I love, I love, like no, no one loves us losing. You know, and we feel that we we're we're feeling the country and their, you know, and the way that they feel about the Wallabies. You know, like it's like we feel that at our heart. You know, and uh, we know, like we always want to go out there and, and and get the result for our country. You know, um, which I know, which I I hope that these habits are gonna bring the result more consistently. You know, instead of one win here, another another loss there. You know. We want to continue to build that consistent success, you know, and that's where we're aiming for right now. And to do that, you've got to, like, you've got to change, um, you know, what 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 was happening in the past. Hundred <clears throat> percent. I feel like fans, we we need to do that as well. You know, put the past in the past, focus on the future, and and just be a good supporter. No matter what happens, whether they're watching the team play, win or lose, we're invested in this you know, journey forward and, you know, we're invested at the World Cup, invested for the next however long Eddie's going to take the room and um, and really looking forward to the British Irish Lions series as well, which is coming up really, really soon. Yeah, man, that's going to be good, eh? That's, mm. that's going to be great. Like, to get a British and Irish Lions 2025 home World Cup 2027, there's a lot to look forward to here in Australia. Mm. All right, the next part before we uh, wrap all this up. So random questions, you know, these are just questions that are, thought about um you can answer short and quick answers if you can if you need to elaborate definitely elaborate but first one outside of rugby what sports do you like to watch and keep up to date with um oh i love to watch league um yeah but i think mainly because it's similar to to rugby but um yeah um, like doggies and raiders didn't do too well this year raiders made the top eight um, but yeah, I'd say rugby league is a is, is a sport that I follow quite 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 often. I feel like everyone's jumping on the Waz bandwagon anyway. So if your team's not in it, just go up the Waz. <laughs> yeah, right, they're gonna look good. Some Johns are coming back far out. Mm. You'll see them playing next week, which is good. Mm. So, which players are due for a breakout year next um, Super Rugby season for the Brumbies? Oof. Um, I'm gonna say Charlie Kale, one of our younger lads. He got a he got a taste of uh, Super Rugby against the big team against um, Crusaders, Hurricanes. Um, yes, I reckon he's in for a big year. Um, also, it'd be good to see Blake Shop come back and add his experience into the into the group now. Like his his first taste of Super Rugby. Now he got a taste of international. So it'll be good to see um, him come back and see how much he wants to get better and add his value into the group. Mm, 100%. Which song would you pick to sing at a karaoke bar? Go-to song. Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline. That's a banger. Everyone yeah. will love that one. No, that's a good one. What is a common misconception in uh, that you hear in rugby that is just wrong? Oh. That's a tough one, eh? I wouldn't know one. You got one for me? You know, tight heads can't kick uh, kick for goal. Yeah, that's bullshit, mate. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah. 
Um, I've seen Big Nell drop, drop, drop goal a couple. Even even kick in general, you know, like big, bigger Bonnet tried his luck at kicking throughout the year, which is funny. <laughs> um, but man, telling you, if it pulls off, then no one will be bagging it. Mm, if he gets that fifty twenty two, you're like, that's a, just a great <laughs> yeah, <play."> yeah. <laughs> well, the boys always practice in their training, just don't do it in the game. Yeah, no, that's awesome. What's your top three movies of all time? Oh, um, remember the Titans? Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Um, I have to. What else would I say? Um, Shang Shaw Redemption was a good one. Um, and Focus. Will Smith. Will Smith Focus. Yep. What has been a big game changing moment in your rugby career that stands out? Oh, be this one, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, man, I reckon it'd be just go back to that time I said to you at school. You know when. Um, I learned what discipline looked like for myself. I learned what hard work gave me in the end, you know. So that's something that I've taken with me in my whole career, man. So um, yeah, I was I was grateful for that learning back at a young age. Mm, that's awesome. So if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere saying anything on it that millions or billions of people can see and read, what would you have on there and why? Oh. I actually watched Ted Lasso the um, when I was over at the rugby championship, and what I loved was a quote from me and was saying, um, "Be curious, not judgmental." Mm. A great one, and you know, like I, I, I really like that one, um, especially with the access to social media now and um, people now. It's just like the norm and the habit is just to judge. It's to judge what people do instead of instead of maybe asking questions. Mm. If you haven't seen Ted Lasso, just go search on YouTube Ted Lasso Dart Scene, and you'll watch that video. And it would it's just a great video to watch. And that's yeah, a mantra that's that I try to you know live my life by now. Ever since I've seen that episode, and yeah, it's it's such a great mantra to have. Yeah. Mm. Top three books that everyone should read. Um, well, yeah, I'd have to go my one that I'm reading at the moment was Atomic Habits, which is one that I, I like. I really liked Extreme Ownership mm-hmm. as well. Um, and that just taught me a lot to take ownership in my everyday life. Um, you know, and the, and the art of just working hard. Um, I also liked, um, Will, Will Smith's, Will, Will Smith's book. Um, okay. and that was just a good insight into, into his life but also the teachings from his old man and <clears throat> the work ethic that he, he he got from um his old man and the way that he's but the way that he instilled that into his career you know so i thought that was really good as well mm. and last one what is a highlight that stands out in your uh, rugby career so far um besides being on this podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, Right, I think the, I think the highlight would just be being able to tour Africa. You know, like I took that, I took that for granted, man. Like I remember in in um, you know Super Rugby, you'd go every year, 
if you go if you make the wallabies you, you go to to South Africa twice a year and you're like yeah this stuff happens all the time mm. you know and, um I think like the best tours are the ones you go overseas you connect as a group man and I've like I've had some awesome tours over there in Africa with the boys it's been massive so it's yeah you kind of miss that now and yeah you definitely look back and be like yeah those are the highlights of, of my career because all you're left with man is just memories you know the things I remember is the time that I enjoyed my time as a player, and a lot of it comes down to off the field. Um, and I'm hoping to make more better memories on the field. Mm. I think that's the cool thing about rugby, and, and something I've talked about many times on this podcast is rugby can take you anywhere in the world. You can take you to South Africa, New Zealand, United States, um, United Kingdom, heaps of places, and you'll get those experiences on and off the field, and those are memories for life. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's so good. Bro. So now when I went to Africa this year, I was like, just, a, just appreciating it, you know, because mm. you had, hadn't been there since 2019. Mm, 100%. So who should be my next guest on the podcast? Is there any coaches or athletes that come to mind that should jump on for a chat? Um, yeah, Eddie Jones. Oh, <laughs> if, you, if you got the hookup, then right. uh, yeah. <laughs> like, imagine getting him right in the middle of the World Cup. Like, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, that would be a, a pretty cool uh, conversation right there. I might send a message for you, mate. Yeah, maybe. Definitely tee that up. So where can listeners find you on social media if they want to keep up to date what's uh, going on in your rehab and and your rugby? Alalator94 on Instagram. Easy done. So thanks for joining me today, Alan. It's It's been awesome to better know you and, and meet you finally as well. Um, I, I've learned a lot from just your leadership uh talking about your leadership today and also, you know, just watching your rugby as well. It's great to see, you know, all the efforts that you put out in the field and, you know, you're just such a great athlete and also a great person as well. And I know everyone's going to get a lot from this episode as well. Sweet as, bro. Thanks, man. It's awesome to be here, bro. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Elite Rugby SNC podcast. Remember to like, subscribe and rate Elite Rugby SNC on Spotify and YouTube and make sure you follow us on Instagram. Sign up to Come Beast via the link in the description or by Instagram page. Also, don't wait, make that good decision and join Elite Rugby SC today and take your game to the next level.